1: and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on Station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on Station KGBY-TV, Channel 20, in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Caliph over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Labon on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late Chief Pastor William M. Hans, Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Our church choir will begin our musical program with a joyful number entitled Praise Song, led by Emilia Hahn. They are accompanied by Edith Matsuke on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Yes, saints and friends, we have much to praise and thank the Lord for, above all, for the salvation of our souls. The church band will now play for us a rendition of the song entitled, May the Good Lord Bless and Keep You, led by yours truly. Truly, as we continue to serve Him and show our love for the Lord, the sweeter He grows in our hearts and minds. Our vocalist today is Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr., who will sing, You'll Never Walk Alone. As we place our faith and trust in the Lord, he takes us through whatever stormy weather that is going on in our lives. Timothy is accompanied by myself on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Bing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor Edwin sprout Sr., and Mason Song Sr. on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. For their second anthem today, the church choir will sing Power in the Precious Blood. How blessed are we to have the name of Jesus and his precious blood to call upon on a daily basis. Please join in and sing along with our choir following the words on your screen. Up next, we have Punaheli Kapuni, who will play a rendition of Sweet Bye and Bye on the Autohawk. We have a vocal duet to today by Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn, who will sing, One Thing Have I Desired. This number is dedicated to Mr. Brian Bolosan, who is a faithful member of the church choir and also participates as part of the musical church group, Saints in Harmony. His love for the Lord shines through in his joy of singing for the Lord. Why may the Lord continue to put his song in your heart and fill your days with much happiness in the Lord. Have a wonderful and blessed day. <laughs>
2: Hi and praise the Lord everyone, I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for are viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about a gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okaimakee Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaner Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai by Pastor Kenneth M L Elverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin.
1: We have all won victories in one way or another. Yes, viewers, we should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because we, as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve us and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore... One step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, His Word is a lamp unto our feet, and His Word is forever settled in heaven. I pray for yours my sermon, Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, who serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to Him as we continue on with the Sermon on the Mount. We all know that Jesus loves us and is interested in getting us to heaven. He wants us to be saved. That was the purpose of his coming into this sin-cursed, devil-may-care world, to seek and to save the lost and the dying. For this purpose, he left his home in glory and came down to die upon the cross. He emptied and stripped himself of the insignia of majesty, which has been the mark of his Godhead. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to him in repentance. Today, God is still calling a people out of a people, as he continues to form his one true church or body, which will be its head. Yes, he is indeed a part of our heavenly life, but he is equally interested in our earthly life as well. He knows the needs we have here, and he wants to fulfill those needs. He knows we are going to make many investments upon this earth and he wants us to make the right investments. He knows the anxieties we have here and he wants us to find strength and comfort by trusting in him. Thus, in the face of Jesus' great Sermon on the Mount, we see first treasures in heaven. We live in a day when great emphasis is placed on money and material things. The greatest desire of the majority of people is to be rich. Men dream seem work and worry towards this end we are never satisfied with what we have if a man has $5 he wants $10 if he has 1 million he wants 10 million however often the richer the man the greater the poverty the lord jesus rebukes greediness as we read luke 12:15 take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consists and not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth Sometimes, in order to become rich, a man gives up honor, integrity, and all noble and worthy things. But there are substances more valuable than silver and gold. Jesus made this clear when he posed an important question. We read in Mark 8, 36 to 37. For what shall a profit a man who shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? Yes, fears, the Lord wants you. And the lord needs you the lord wants you to give your heart your love and devotion to him read in first peter 1 18-19 for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or life without aim or purpose received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot many have worked hard for wealth forgetting God in their blind fury as they seek riches. Then suddenly, they find themselves in a place where gold and silver do not count. As a story that follows will bear out. One day, a company of people was driven, of course, and became shipwrecked on a deserted island. There was no way for them to escape, but they had food, and they also had a good supply of seeds and fantastic soil. Sunshine was also abundant. They could raise all that was needed, so they felt they were in no danger. But as they started to dig, they discovered a vein of gold. They forgot their planting, and all began to dig for gold. Months went by, and the piles of gold became higher. Spring passed, and no seed had been planted. Summer came, and their wealth increased, but their stock of food had grown less and less. When fall arrived, famine stared them in the face. Their gold was worthless. They rushed to the fields dug furrows and planted the seeds, but it was too late. And soon they died in the midst of their churches. This is an exact picture today of not only those who are wealthy, but of many others as well. They exert all their time and energy to the pursuit of material things. They exclude God from their lives. Then they come to realize the folly of their ways. Take the case of the rich farmer. He was not mentally deficient because he supposed that his soul could live on the things stored in the barn giving no thought to his eternal well-being. A fool in scripture never refers to a mentally deficient person, but rather to one who is arrogant and self-sufficient, one who orders his life as if there were no God. Read Luke 12, 16 to 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, "Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The Bible says, money faileth, and we know this to be true. It fails to bring contentment. It fails to save the soul, and it fails to take anyone to heaven. Does money alone bring happiness? Someone asked a rich man this question, and he replied, I only wish that it did, for I know many unhappy rich men who would be happy if money could bring happiness. Jay Gold, the American millionaire, had an enormous fortune When dying, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. No way did Jesus speak out against a man making money as long as he made it honestly, as long as he was a master of it and it was not master of him, and as long as he gave God his share in the forms of tithes and offerings. Money is not evil in itself. It can be used for the glory of God and salvation of souls. The Bible does not say, as so many people wrongly quote, money is the root of all evil. We read in 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which draw men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Due to the love of money, many have taken the wrong path. As a result, to draw them back to the faith, God has sent them sorrows. Loss of family, loss of property, loss of job, divorces, loss of respect and honor. I testified to a man who was worth millions, and I thought he would contribute money to the church. But he talked in such a way that I concluded he felt that I should be giving him something to eat. He could have contributed to the Lord's work without denting his millions, but he just couldn't lose or part with his positions. Once there was a rich young ruler, he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, as to your question, you know what the Ten Commandments say. The young man replied, I've obeyed every law since I was a child. We read Luke 18, to 23. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was a very rich man. Jesus watched him go and then said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Listen to the advice of Jesus from Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up your, for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. He is telling us here the treasures of this, on this earth are never safe. What we have can be snatched away in a minute. I read about a man who bought a mausoleum that cost $300,000. He bought it when he was prosperous. The time came when he was reduced to carrying water for a few cents a day. His situation had reversed, and now he had nothing left but a resting place for his dead body. You read in 1 Timothy 6, 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And as Job said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Thus Jesus advises, lay up your treasures in heaven. Does he mean that it is wrong for us to try to take care of our families, as well as put aside some money for us to live on, when we are no longer active? Does he mean that we are not to take out life insurance to care for our families when we are gone? Does it mean that we don't have to have health insurance to take care of our families in the event of unexpected sickness? Does it mean that we don't have to have funeral plans should death occur in the family? Of course not. To be improvident is to be sinful. The Bible says that a man who does not care for his own family is worse than an infidel. Remember, charity begins at home. Here's a man who thinks only of today. He spends that all he makes. He never thinks of the future. Then one day he dies suddenly and his wife doesn't have enough money to bury him. She has to go to work at some menial job to feed the children. Surely that is not right. God intends for us to be wise and not wasteful. He expects us to care for our own. Read Matthew 6:24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. It must be one or the other. Man cannot go east and west at the same time. Not until we walk his way, not until he is the king of our lives, can our lives be what they ought to be. There must be only one Master in our lives, and his name is Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yes, He is the only way to salvation. Reading Ephesians 4, 4 4-6, there is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, of all who is above all and through all and in you all. How can a man lay up treasures in heaven? First, he must receive Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, Master and Lord. Second, he must repent of his sins. Third, he must be born again of water and of the Spirit. And fourth, he lays up treasures by serving Jesus in sincerity and in truth. Fifthly, he gives himself and his substance that others might know him. Do you remember Van Dyke's story about the rich man? This certain man dreamed that he went to heaven, and the recording angel escorted him down a lovely street. Each house on the street was beautiful and pretentious. Soon they came to the most beautiful house in heaven and the man asked the angel whose house it was. The angel looked in his book and told the man that this house belonged to a born-again Christian who had worked as the rich man's gardener well on earth. The man said to the angel, you must be mistaken. This man was never used to anything like this. But the angel said, we have made no mistakes in heaven. We built that house out of the material, things that he sent up for us to use. Soon they came to a very small street. The houses on that street were very tiny and unpretentious. When they came to a particularly small house, the man asked the angel, to whom does this house belong? And the angel replied, sir, it is your house. Oh, exclaimed the man, you have certainly made a mistake now. While on earth I lived in the finest house that money could buy, this is surely not my house. And again the angel said, we make no mistakes in heaven. We built that house from the materials which you sent up for us to use. What kind of home are you going to have in heaven? How much treasure are you laying up in high? Nicodemus took time to find out about laying treasures in heaven. When he came to Jesus by night, and inquired, What must I do to inherit this heavenly treasure? We read John 3, 5, Jesus answered, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He takes a of baptism, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues to get into the kingdom of God. We can't have one without the other. What God had joined together, let no man put us center. Why argue with God? He tells us that he must be born again. The question is, how can we be born again? In Acts 2.38, Peter told those who rejected and crucified Jesus, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, viewers, in this verse, we find that when you repent and are baptized, God promises he will take away your sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west, and grant you the gift of the Holy Spirit, who will lead you to eternal life. The promises of God are yea and amen. Peter informs us in Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. And when God says you cannot, that means what he means. We come to the second part of our Jesus sermon, trusting in Jesus, in which he now speaks of daily needs, such as food, drink, and clothing. He tells us not to worry about these things. As we read in Matthew six twenty-five, Therefore I said to you, take no thought for your life, what he shall eat or what he shall drink, nor yet for your body what he shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, the body than raiment? God will supply our every need. God expects us to be industrious and work hard for what we need. God doesn't give us what we want, He gives us what we need. Yes, TV viewers, there's nothing wrong with wearing nice clothes, having a nice car to drive around, and enjoying some luxuries of life if these things are secondary to your concern for the kingdom of God. But until you put Jesus first in your life, and until you give him his part of your income, you don't deserve any of these things. Malachi speaks of all robbing God, and many born-again Christians are guilty of doing that. In the past, people who robbed God were rebuked. As you read Malachi 37 to 9, even from the days of your fathers, ye you are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, And I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But he said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But he said, Where have we robbed thee? And the answer came back from God in tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now the word tithes means a tenth. In my church, that means 10% of one's gross income belongs to God. As an illustration, let's say you make $100 a week. Well, 10% of that is $10 that the knowledge belongs to the Lord. Anything less than that is, not an, is an offering and not tithes. In the 10th verse, you read, Bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if you will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. To you in my viewing audience, I say, why don't you put God to a test by giving back to Him what really belongs to Him? All he asks is a tenth of your gross income. He has never requested more than a tenth. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Many of the members of my church are faithful and payers, pairs, and they have been blessed immensely as the Lord continues to open the windows of heaven and pour out his blessings to overflowing. Therefore, don't steal the house in which you live or the car in which you ride or the beautiful clothes you are privileged to wear by using God's size on yourself. Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Jesus loves and does care for you. In him can be found the cure for worry, stress, frustration, and so forth. Jesus spoke of the manner in which God takes care of the birds as we read Matthew six twenty-six. Behold the fowls of the air, for they neither sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Do you know that there are millions of birds in the world, but one child of God who is saved is worth more than all those birds? If God cares for them, surely He will care for you. Jesus called on a lily of the valley to preach a sermon. Reading Matthew 6 28 29, and why take a thoughtful raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they tall, or not Neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God makes all nature vocal if we but use our ears to hear it. The cloud speaks to us through thunder. The wind speaks to us through a sigh a scream. And the catar- cataracts of water speaks through their roaring. Yes, all of these illustrate God's power. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Take the flowers, they simply whisper and say, look at us, look at our colors, smell our fragrances. We are not responsible for any of it. God gave it to all of us. Therefore, surely you know that God will take care of you because He does care for you. Jesus taught that we do have a heavenly Father who does care. We read verse which happens to be one of the most wonderful promises in the Bible. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, seek the spiritual things first, and the material things will soon follow. This is our road to success. This is the way we obtain everything we need. Remember, Jesus has been talking about material things like food, drink, and clothing. He tells us if we put Him first in our lives, then these things will be added unto us, not subtracted or divided. Just how do we put God first in our lives? We can put Him first in the way we live so that our lives glorify our Father who is in heaven. We can live faithful, consecrated lives so that the whole world would know that he is first with us. We must not permit any book to come before the Bible and no other exercise before prayer. We can include him in our services. We can remember that he has bought us with a price and that we owe him our very best. As we do these things and turn our backs upon the world and give him first place, then we will never lack for anything. All that we need will be added. As for the matter of treasures, lay them up in heaven. And someday you will meet and enjoy them throughout all eternity. One of the recommended ways to lay up churches in heaven is to give your very best to God and his service. You will be a winner with Jesus. And speaking about giving, generosity is one of the marks of what you want again, Christian. You ask, what is generosity? It's the act of doing more than is expected of you. When you do only that which is expected, you have done nothing. When you do more, you have been generous. When you tithe, you do that, which is expected of you. When you go beyond that, you may be called generous. Jesus said, even thieves love one another, for that is expected of them. It is expected that you love your kinfolk. But when you go out and love those who despitefully use you, you are being generous in love. God tells us to love one another, no matter the color, creed, or nationality. Now, if you would like to know more about God's Word the Church and review this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComesSoon.org. Until our next telecast this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. We conclude our telecast with a number played by the church band entitled The Banner of the Cross. <music>